House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the House of Mystery Paranormal Style. And today your host is me, of course, Kevin Thompson, and my beautiful co-host, Julie. Julie, welcome. Hiya, Kevin. How are you? That was a smooth entry, wasn't it? Wow. <laughs> it was. You uh, are you know, good. I'm on fire. It's 2019, our first paranormal show of the year. How so, dare I screw it up, right? <laughs> starting the way you mean to go on. This is good. I'm, I'm all right with this, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to keep it going. Um, Julie, you know, you and I kind of have something in common with our guests that's coming up, you know, being mediums, and we talk a lot about the paranormal, but before we bring them on, I kind of want to get your view. What is the afterlife? When we're in contact with a spirit, what are we in contact with? Oh, you see, now you've put me on the spot, Kevin. That was a nice entrance, and then you've done that to me. Um, I think it's really, I think it's really hard to say, and and even as a medium, I don't think I could reliably answer the question. Um, one of the things I suppose that makes me fairly controversial in my views is that I'm I'm not particularly religious, so I I don't really have a, a set view on what happens next. And even though the information I get is is validated information, you know, I, I get very good reviews. I still cannot 100% say exactly where the information comes from. And, and, and I can take that. Perhaps a spirit is simply just a mind outside of a body because it seems to retain all of its personality. Absolutely. And I think that um, we, we, we can't go through all the life lessons that we go through and then just go to nothing. You know, there's got to be a purpose for, for everything that we we um, are subjected to in life, everything we learn, everything we do for other people, um, how we develop our own humility. That there's got to be more to um, life after death. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, let's bring on our guest to weigh in on this. Our guest today, William DeBull. William, welcome. Hi, how are you? It, yeah, my, doing uh, my wonderful. I'm sorry? Uh, William Juleman. Juleman. Okay. I, I apologize for that. I was just reading it off of my prompter here. But so weigh in on this conversation. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do. Okay. I am the uh, out-of-body experience trainer at the Monroe Institute. Uh, I teach people how to consciously uh, exit their body and explore the non-physical um, dimensions that exist uh, and in full consciousness. Uh, we incorporate um, very sophisticated technologies uh, to assist each individual to have their own personal experience. It's, uh, I've written four books on the topic uh, of basically out-of-body experiences. And what makes this unique is that it's uh, self-initiated and repeatable. So it's not like a near-death experience. It's, uh, this is a controllable experience where people can basically obtain the answers for themselves. And this is what I like to stress, is that this is not based on any kind of religious or uh, belief system overview. It's, this is each individual uh, having their own experience and essentially proving to themselves that not only do they exist beyond their physical body, but they can communicate face-to-face -face with uh, loved ones that have moved on beyond the physical. So it's quite exciting work. And you say that it's, it, it has to be replicatable. We have to be able to replicate it. Yes, it's, it's repeatable, and that's so important. Uh, people have multiple experiences, uh, which is uh, it's self-initiated out-of-body experiences, which is a cutting edge of the exploration of consciousness and non-physical reality, really. We're not talking about the belief systems or any kind of conjecture. 
for instance, we would never use the word spirit. Um, they're non mm. people that die are not your entire state of consciousness moves with you at the moment of transition. You're just, you're only exiting from a dense biological external body and transferring your consciousness to a more subtle energy body, which is, of course, the afterlife is nothing more than consensus realities created by collective thought. And each individual is existing um, just as they were, really, in many ways. In other words, they, they don't become... Um, that's what the, the term spirit is so offsetting to me, I guess. Um, people continue as they were. Uh, they manifest your entire state of consciousness transfers at the moment of death. All of your knowledge, all of your attributes goes with you. And you're reunited at death with a loved one, generally loved ones. And you reunite with their, let's just call it a, we call it a consensus reality, I do, but it's a community of like-minded individuals that exist in another dimension. In other words, death is nothing more than a transition of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Wow, William. <laughs> that was um, a lot of information, wasn't it, in, in a, a very short space of time. And for many of our listeners, they would absolutely be following you because obviously they've um, they've heard of, of your views before. They may have read your books. They've um, and and they have their own belief system and and what they've, they've thought long and hard about what what they believe the afterlife or another conscious level and a higher power to be. But for those who who aren't familiar with yourself and and your practices, um. It was your own kind of mortality, wasn't it, and worrying uh, and being diagnosed um, with a, a condition that, that led you to begin to think about the afterlife and what it meant. Yes, I, 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 in 2011, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Oh. And uh, I've had many out-of-body experiences previously. But that event... Uh, being confronted with my own mortality made me think more about the afterlife and led me to write two books about it. Um, but I, in that experience, um, I became much more interested in the topic of what is the transition of consciousness? What actually occurs? Uh, what, is, what is life like for individuals that have died? And without any belief system overview, in other words, what actually happens? Because unfortunately, our society is, uh, in a way, contaminated by um, bogus police systems. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is a real need for, I'd just say, objective information. And that's what I provide, I feel, in a Higher Self Now and Adventures in the Afterlife. I, I write about what is the afterlife actually like? And surprisingly, it's much like the physical in, for most people. It's not that radically different as many people would think. Yes, you don't have a physical body, but you still have a, an energy body. If you, you die a male, you still retain a, a male's body. And you continue with the same mindset. Uh, so the journey of consciousness you know, if people think that life and death is just that's the only game we're playing. It's, in other words, people think we're playing a two-dimensional game. We're actually, we're playing a multi-dimensional game. And life continues in many different dimensions. This is the epidermis level of the universe, the physical. And there's many, many different dimensions besides the physical. And it's hard to wrap your mind around this for many of us till you begin to experience it. But the universe is vast with many different realities. And we are right now in our physical bodies existing and only in the very thin outer crust of the universe. And when you die, you enter into the, the more subtle interior of the universe. And, of course, the same applies to OBEs and NDEs. So it's exciting because you can prove this to yourself. And that's why this is important. We, don't, we no longer have to be dependent on, uh, let's just say, 2,000-year-old uh, 
belief systems, we can obtain the answers for ourselves through personal experience. And this is incredibly important. So, William, when, when you were growing up as a child, were you, were you brought up in a family with any particular religious beliefs or, or other, other beliefs? Yes, I was brought up in a Lutheran uh, household, um, so, uh, what, a pretty strict Lutheran household. At what point were you able to kind of almost put that to one side? At what point were you, what kind of trigger led you to think, do you know what, that, that's, not, that's not it, that's not right, that there's more to this and I need to, to look into that more? And how did that begin? Well, in, back in um, many years, 45 years ago, uh, my close personal friend had a spontaneous out-of-body experience while we were in college. And um, he come to me, and I, he come to me and shared the experience. It was life-changing experience for him, and I wanted to have the same experience. So I found out there were techniques where you could self-initiate an out-of-body experience, which I sh have shared for the last, I write about for the last 25 years. Uh, and I did the technique, which is I call it the target technique. And on the 24th day of doing the technique, I self-initiated my own personal out-of-body experience. And that's when everything changed. It was a total um, shift of consciousness. Because then I realized I had my own out-of-body experience. I felt myself leave my body and move away from my body. And I was still felt very physical. In me. You know, I was still felt like me, but I was vibrating at a finer rate, for lack of a better word. And as I examined my surroundings, I could even see this lump on the bed, which was my body. And as I examined my surroundings, I realized that I was being observed by someone who was a non-physical being. And um, it's, that was a paradigm shifter. I mean, I realized not only can I leave my body, but other people exist there. And that began my that experience, even though it was quite brief, began my personal journey of awakening that not only is there other dimensional realities, but that we have the ability to consciously enter these realities firsthand and examine and explore them ourselves. So that was a huge, I mean, it was beyond uh, uh, exciting, but it, was a, it, it made me rethink everything. I, Religions were archaic at that moment in my mind. I realized that there's so much more out there that that we are empowered. We're we're we are able to self-initiate our own explorations of these dimensions, and that was a, a life changer. And that's when I started to explore it. Um, let's just say on a regular basis. Can I so, ask you a bit of a cheeky question, William? If, if, if somebody who is totally skeptical was listening to the, these interviews, um, I, I do, I feel it, I should really ask that question on their behalf, really. How, how do, how sure can you be that these experiences are, are really you, you entering into that other realm or are you entering into a state of mind that you, you wish to be in? That's a very good question. And I, Believe me, I'm, I was an agnostic by the time, or even an atheist by the time I started to explore this. But a very good question. It's repetition is what proves it to you. I've had face-to-face -face conversations with my dead mother and with my dead uncle, which was shocking. And this is over many, many years. Actually, for me, it's been 40 years. I've repeatedly have proven this man, you're right. You cannot judge anything from one experience. You have to be very analytical and discerning in what you accept as reality. Because reality is thought responsive in non-physical realms, which makes it, and I write about this extensively. You have to, repetition of your experiences and testing your experiences is absolutely essential to obtain the objective reality of your experience. And so, so if, that's, we, that's, if we use yes, that as a 
to spirituality or mediumship, we it's so heavily challenged because the repetition isn't there. Um, but one could argue that if you are, for example, communicating with um, a dead relative, somebody that you were incredibly close to, you would want to replicate that on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. That would be your chosen comfort. So yeah, what, absolutely. What communication that says, actually, this is this is real. This is happening. This is what's, what absolutely sold this for you. Because I obtained information that I wouldn't have elsewhere. Okay. I obtained information about our relationship before this life. I've obtained um, vast quantities of knowledge about my trajectory and the trajectory of the soul group that I'm part of. And it opens you to a whole new levels of understanding about the nature of reality in yourself. And I, I can't stress enough the repeatability aspect. Now, in other words, let me be precise here. And my, my mother does not look like she's, when she died, she was 75 years old and overweight. When I saw her in the non-physical, she was in her prime. She was 20, about 20. She looked like she was about 25 years old. I've seen this again and again. My uncle was the same way when I had um, first contact with him. He died. He was an old man. When I met him, he was 22, 23 years old. That's how he appeared. My point is that when people die, it becomes quite noticeable. When people make the transition, their, their mind, whatever your consensus, whatever your dominant belief of yourself is, your self-conception will mold your non-physical body. And that's one thing I've noticed very quickly in the first two years of my experiences, that everyone in the after, or almost everyone in the afterlife, or what we commonly call the afterlife, which is nothing more than a parallel reality, by the way, that exists right here with us. There's no up, there's no down. That there's, everyone is here and now with us. They're just vibrating at a much finer density level than we are. So we don't see them, but they're present with us. And you know, this whole idea that heaven is up and all this is silliness. Everything right. is here and now. It's levels of density in a sense. Multi dimensions within dimensions within dimensions. And through repetition, you have the ability to contact individuals or they will contact you, which is very common, by the way, and have these conversations, which, by the way, is by thought. There's no, there's no air in the non-physical. There's no need for vocal cords. There's no need for density. There's no, many of the things that we are used to in physics don't exist in the non-physical. There's no gravity because there's no density. There's no matter. So it's you pure, communicate pure energy. Mind. Yes, it's through mind, through thoughts, you communicate. It's very elegant compared to um, the way we communicate in the physical. The point is that people can prove this to yourself. I don't ask anybody to believe me. I don't want anybody to believe me. What I try to teach people is how to prove this to themselves. And I think this is incredibly important. Don't take my word for it. Learn the techniques. Take 30 days. Do a technique. And discover for yourself the reality of this. I, I know for many people this is a little bit of a reach. And that's fine. But that's the idea here. There's no, I'm not trying to convey any kind of belief system. This is about learning the ability to have a focused kind of meditation where you enter into a state of consciousness where you can, you can experience and prove this to yourself. And that's what's so important here. Yeah, and, and you can discover using these techniques, you can discover the worlds within worlds within worlds. I, I'm a believer in, in multiverses. Yes, and that is how it's, well, basically, it is a multiverse. It's dimensions within dimensions. 
there's a parallel dimension I found, which is the first experience I had, which is almost like it's a less dense duplicate of the physical. Then as you go inward, which it took me years to discover, you go into what as many people call today the astral, which is much more thought responsive. And then within that realm, there's another major dimension. And it goes on and on. I mean, it's, it's quite amazing. That uh, and no one really dies. This is the good news for everyone. No consciousness never dies. Just the biological machine. Now, uh, for the for the listeners that are that are going to ask, and this needs to be addressed during these sessions, we're having experiences. But what separates that from a dream or a lucid dream? Well, a lucid dream, I, I have found that consciousness has many levels. We're multidimensional beings that start to look at the world in a different way. We look at the world as a physical environment. The physical universe is a one-tenth of one percent of the nature of the universe. It's the outer dense, it's like the, it's like the skin of the balloon. And when you go into altered states, there's a continuum of consciousness that exists. And part of that continuum are lucid dreams, different kinds of states of consciousness. But an OBE is you're fully aware, fully awake, and fully functioning in using your analytical faculties. This is what separates it from a lucid dream. In a lucid dream, Typically, you don't have, you have a little bit of control, yes. I, I'm a lucid dreamer, but the difference is radically, uh, let's just say, improved from a conscious level because you, you're, you're bringing your conscious faculties into the experience. So we have to begin to look at the universe and ourselves in a different, we're multidimensional beings existing in a multidimensional continuum. And it's up to us. This is the next step of evolution for mankind, really, I'm talking about. We're learning to become multidimensional beings because that's where we're awakening to our true self. All things are multidimensional, not just us. All life is multidimensional, from a blade of grass to all the animals to us. And eventually, humans will wake up to the fact that they are multidimensional and become aware of what they really are. You know, we're not biological machines. We're non, we are non-physical consciousness using a biological body for a temporary period of time to obtain, basically to explore and experience the physical, the outer crust. So tell us a little bit about your own experiences. You know, how, how did you solidify all of this? You, you told us about your first one, but tell us a little bit about your evolution to, to this point. Well, it's been 45 years. I started back in, in the early 70s. It's been a long process of trial and, I'm, and, you know, it's just trial and sometimes error of exploring different realities. You have to learn the non-physical rules of the road, so to speak. I write about, I've written four books. My first book talks about Adventures Beyond the Body, talks about my first, let's just say, 20 years of experiences where I was learning the ropes of how to control my non-physical body, how to get the most out of the experience. And then through many different experiences over four and a half decades, you've learned, I've learned many things. That's why I, I've, I tried to, in my latest book, to convey the continuing journey of con. My last book is called Higher Self Now. And the purpose of the book, which, by the way, is in, my books are in 10 languages, so thank God people appreciate it. But what I try to convey is that we're on a long journey of consciousness. We're multidimensional beings learning to develop the skills of a very powerful multi-dimensional being, we have the ability to travel through all dimensions eventually. 
as we evolve. We're, we're, it's exciting because we're all slowly evolving into non-physical, multidimensional beings of consciousness without limit, essentially. When you're you talking to people about, about these views and, um, and you're helping them to experience their own um, experiences over you know, months and years, and you've developed over sort of 45 years, it's a long time. Um, a person that finds this easier, is there, is, do, you, do you have to be skeptical to religion or can this kind of this, this view, um, and I'm going to use the word belief for once for a better phrase, but um, you know, do, do you have to be sort of non-religious to, to accept and, and have these experiences? Oh no, not at all. You have to be, you have to be open to ex experiences that are beyond the norm. Yeah. You have to be open to your multidimensional self. Uh, it's not limited to a specific mindset. Now you have to be open-minded to shift and change. The problem with religion is that it has a tendency to box us in to one single belief system. And that is very limiting in and of itself. The, the, we have to be curious enough to be open to question everything and explore everything because the average human on this earth today has no clue about the nature of reality. People don't know where they come from and they don't know where they're going. Think about mm. it. They don't have a clue who and what they are. Not, they not truly. No they have no idea where they're going in life. Where, people don't know what the afterlife is. The point is, that's unacceptable. The, the reason they don't know is because they haven't, they haven't asked the question. They haven't learned the skills. You have to be self-motivated to be in it. This is an adventure of consciousness. Some people have that need for personal exploration. If you don't, if you're not a person of exploration, this is not going to appeal to you. Some people are satisfied with going through life not knowing basically anything. They're they're satisfied. I'm not. There's there's a groups of people that want to know the answers. What are you? Where? What is the afterlife? What is it like? What is the continuing journey of consciousness? What are the, these dimensions like? What's the purpose for this journey? You know, these are deep questions that people never even ask because they, they're conditioned to accept the minimal. And it's sad, really, but that's the way we've been programmed. Now, uh, let, me, let me jump in here and, and maybe amend uh, Julie's question. Um, does your personal beliefs or, or your, your upbringing, perhaps your religious upbringing, affect this? Because I, I've studied a lot of NDEs, and they all seem to be proprietary to that person's belief system. If I'm Christian, I'm going to have a Christian experience. If I'm Buddhist, I'm going to have a Buddhist experience, and, and so forth. Yes, I agree, because our minds will influence that when we enter non-physical reality, we're entering into a highly thought-responsive environment, and our beliefs will impact how we perceive that environment. That's why it is important, and I stress this, to be an effective explorer of consciousness, you have to begin to be open-minded enough to not, uh, let's just say, not frame the environment. I rejected my Lutheran belief systems early on. And to be honest, that was a benefit, I think, to me. I don't know how else to put it. Well, how uh, did it affect your experience? Well, it allowed, by rejecting the, let's just say the Christian overview or the religious overview, I, was, I think it allowed me a more open-minded approach to the realities that I experienced. In other words, I didn't see Jesus everywhere. I didn't see Buddha. I saw guides. I saw non-physical beings because I wasn't, my mind wasn't 
overlaying or let's just say framing my experiences based on my beliefs. It's very important when we enter a non-physical reality to realize, and I stress this, we're not observers of reality. We're participants in reality. When you leave your body, you're entering a different kind of reality. You're entering into a, a reality that's more in flux and it's more liquid, let's say. And that we, anybody with a stringent belief system will see what they want to see. Some people today now see aliens because they've been indoctrinated to believe there's aliens all around. You follow me? And you're absolutely yes. right. This, this applies to NDE. Near-death experiencers will frame the experience based on their already existing belief systems. People will see Jesus. If you're a Christian, you could see Buddha if you're a Buddha. The point is that both of those frames could be false, or let's just say inaccurate, because we are interacting with this non-physical thought-responsive environment. To be an effective explorer, the ideal way is to be totally free of programming mm -hmm. so that you begin to perceive your environment in, a, in, the, in its true form. And I talk about this in my latest book, Higher Self Now, about our mindset. I have this on my website, too, astroinfo.org. It's free information. And I talk about the effective mindset of an explorer of non-physical realities. Because this is so important. If you believe in devils, you're going to experience devils. Right. If you believe in, in um, angels, you may experience an angel. The point, but what's real? This is so important. If you want to be serious about this exploration, you have to examine yourself first and cleanse your mind of all the bogus belief systems. You know, people... People have been living and dying for millions of years. Religions, for instance, the current religions have only existed for less than 2,000. That's, so that's true. It's a man-made construct is what I'm saying. So, so we have it, to go look beyond the man-made constructs. So would it be fair? Uh, two, two questions. Let me shotgun you real quick. Uh, so would you say that... that reality or or what is beyond death is almost this non-corporeal energy and it's our focus it's our intention it, it's we give it shape like like you said if a person has you know lived a a sinful or a criminal lifestyle and at that point of death they're like wow i'm going to go to hell for this then that's what they're going to shape it into being that potentially they could, absolutely. But I've also found that there's different kinds of realities based on the environment and the mindset of the individual because there are consensus, I call it consensus and non-consensus reality. There are realities that are created by a collective. Remember, we're talking about very, very subtle non-physical environments. And these realities are shaped by collective of individuals and once a reality is formed let's to be more precise a thousand people can create a town in the non-physical world which is there's countless millions of these kinds of environments people of like mind bond together and they create a reality and they've bonded that reality with the power of let's just say a thousand people's thoughts they all agree on the same thing they live in this town. They all accept this town is real. And that town has become solid and real to them. If you were to enter that town, you can't change that town because it is a consensus of a collective of other people's thoughts. So it's just there's different kinds of realities is what I'm getting to without getting too deep in the weeds here. Mm -hmm. But you're absolutely right. When most people leave their body and or have a near-death experience, 
They're not surrounded by a collective. They're by themselves or they're generally they're by themselves or with only another person. And in doing so, they are molding that immediate environment with the power of their own thoughts. So it's important to, and this, by the way, the information I just said, it took me 20 years to learn it because it takes a while to get your, your, let's just say, your feet under you and begin to, through multiple experiences, you begin to navigate different kinds of reality because there's different rules in different realities. And there's also voids, which are empty spaces. The point is that knowledge is power and that it's important to learn about the nature of these different realities because we're not talking hypothetical here. Every single listener right now will be entering these realities that I'm referring to. And you can enter clueless and ignorant, or you can be empowered and knowledgeable. And that makes all the difference in how effective you are in that reality. Unfortunately, the vast majority of people die clueless of their own personal nature and their ability to let's just say, shape and mold their personal reality. So there's a learning curve for many people. Matter of fact, for everyone. And and talking about learning curves, William, you you, you said quite quickly, um, way back, you you wrote your first book. Do we we see William's development through your books? are, Are your books almost an account of your journey and your knowledge and your learning? Yes. Yes, they are, in a way. Yes. Uh, my last book is the most advanced as far as I go into the trajectory. Higher Self now talks about not only what we will experience at death, but I talk about the stages of evolution of consciousness after death. Mm-hmm. In other words, we think death is the end. Death is the beginning of, an, of a vast journey. It, we're just, we just don't see it. In other words, literally, the death of the physical body is like just a, it's unbelievably, it's the start of a journey. And when we're writing um, about our personal, our personal journeys, our personal learnings, how we've, we've come to form the views we have, it can often be quite, quite scary putting words into a book and, and getting it out there. What was the hardest book for you to write? Oh, Wow. Uh, probably, um, probably the higher self now because it's the most extensive of all the books. I, 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 it's not only about the journey of consciousness, but I talk about a lot about the transition that we call death, which of course there is no death. It's, it's just a transition. Mm. It's a shift of consciousness. And, uh, and it's how do you function during that shift? How do you get the most? In other words, I talk about making death a launch pad of consciousness. Death is not this, this horrible event. It's an opportunity, actually. And I talk about how to make death an opportunity to launch yourself into the higher dimensional spaces of the universe. And I'm, I'm not the first. The Buddhists have been talking about this for a long time, through the, the Pawa. And they have their own systems for doing the exact same thing. Um, we're not talking anything radically new here. Unfortunately, in the Western culture, in the Christian mindset, they haven't been exposed to it. But the idea that we can propel ourselves into higher dimensional experiences at the moment of death is an accepted practice in many, uh, let's just say, philosophies. In other a- words... Is there, is there anything that um, that you are burning to put into a book, but you just don't think you can do that quite yet? Whether that's oh, about I, your I, journey or other last, how people perceive it. No, I think the last book I put it in there. I, I put stuff in there that a lot of people will not understand. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I I think I put I put stuff in there that people consider at this point. Um, it's beyond their concept of, of grasping. Because remember, reality is not physical. 
The, the universe is vastly non-physical and ro- operates on different rules. Time and space do not exist as we know it. Matter does not exist. All the rules of reality are different than we've been taught. And we have to teach ourselves through some, through, um, through, uh, ideally through personal experience, how to function in, with our true self, our non-physical self, how to get the most of our experiences. In other words, we have to learn what we are and where we're going. Mm-hmm. And because and it's a magnificent journey, and we have the ability to, let's just say, propel ourselves into, into knowledge of self. The greatest problem in the physical world, as a matter of fact, the greatest challenge in the physical world is lack of knowledge of self. People have no, human race in general has no idea what they are. They have no idea where they come from or where they're going. And you know it's true as a medium. There's so much fear surrounding this, as you know. Yeah. The fear is overwhelming. People don't even want to talk about it because they're afraid of the topic. Yeah, and, and that and, William, that that leads me to to my question. Oh, we're we're quickly running out of time, but before we before we close, I wanted to ask this. Um, yes, everything that we have talked about is so far is is very deep. You know, it's ethereal, without shape, and very very hard to grasp. And I think that's where the fear comes from. But for the for the for the listeners' sake, I think that everything that you have said today is there really is nothing to fear. Would that be a fair statement? Oh, absolutely. We are immortal, powerful beings. That's that's the end game here. We are absolutely how we create our reality in every dimensional space, and we are immortal. There's nothing to be afraid of because we can't be killed. Absolutely cannot. We will not end no matter what. And it's amazing. And that's one of the things that you proved yourself through these out-of-body experiences is that you realize, oh, my God, I'm number one. I'm not my body. If I can throw a couple scriptures out there to kind of back up what you're saying, William, you know, the first few statements of the Bible itself, God said, let us make man in our image. And, and God himself is an immortal being. Exactly. And, then, and then later on in the New Testament, it says, don't fear those who can harm the body, but can't touch the soul. You're right. We can't be harmed. We can't be killed. This flesh or this this meat vehicle can fall away but ultimately we live on like you said in yeah. a completely different form yes and it, when it's it's even wilder when you think about that no one's ever really died yes no one consciousness has never died yeah but we and, have covered a lot today William I mean oh this this could be a four-hour show but unfortunately, we're, we're just about out of time. How can people get in touch with you or, or purchase your books or maybe share their personal experiences with you? Well, my, uh, the best way is through my website, astralinfo.org. And my books are available uh, on Amazon or through my website. And I have a lot of free resources on my website, uh, How to Become an Explorer, Techniques, you don't have to buy a book. Just go to the website, and um, there's techniques on the website that you can do yourself. This is about getting the message out to people that we have the capability of evolving ourselves quickly, and we no longer have to be fearful and stuck into ancient, archaic belief systems. This is about self-empowerment through personal experience. Absolutely. Now, now I understand that that you're actually on the road. Are you are you doing uh, events? I, I do uh, six day workshops at the Monroe Institute. 
where I teach people how to do this. It's called the OBE Intensive. And I also do talks. If you go on YouTube, I have a YouTube channel, and people can see I just did a talk in Florida. I have a go to my website and check out. Uh, I do talks all around the world. On this now, do you do kind of different levels? Um, so for, for total beginners and then those, those people that have explored this and entered into um, their kind of, I suppose, higher self um, on a more regular basis. And so and so it's, I suppose what I'm asking is, is this something that is, is available for anybody of any level of understanding? Absolutely. It's available for anyone. Absolutely. You can do the techniques yourself. It doesn't cost a dime to learn a technique and then to just, that's how I learned. I, back in the 70s, I had my, I learned one technique, the target technique, and it took me 24 days of daily, took me half an hour every day for 24 days, and I had my first experience. Believe me, I wouldn't believe it either if it wasn't for that. It, it's all about personal experience. And this now, is the same in, in your household now. So, sorry, William, I don't know your, your personal situation. But um, is, are, are your family all believers? They're knowers. Everybody in my family's had sure. out-of-body experiences. They all know. They, they're not believers because there's no need for belief. They know from personal experience. My wife was a co-author of my last book. Mm. And and did you did your was your wife introduced to this by yourself? Yes, yes. She was uh, she was brought up as a Catholic, and I introduced her to her, and she started to have her own experiences. That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean that's the whole thing here. It's again, it's not about beliefs. It's about uh, obtaining the answers for yourself and becoming self empowered for your own experiences. That's the only way to really know something. The belief is a very weak substitute for personal experience and knowledge. It's, it's beyond weak because you can be manipulated if you're a believer. Nobody can manipulate you once you have the experience because you know it. It makes all the difference in the world. Now, Having having brought brought that up, uh, I'll make time for for this. Um, has this affected your? Oh, uh, I'm being careful here. Your religious outlook or your wife's religious enrichment? We well, I don't. I'm not a member of any religion because I know they're all bogus. What can I say? <laughs> Touche. People don't want to hear this. But they're all man-made. Unfortunately, started out with good intentions. Buddha started with the Eightfold Path. Jesus was love thy neighbor. Look, they all started out with beautiful philosophies. Unfortunately, they were contaminated by the followers, which did not have the same state of consciousness. I, I have found none of them to be accurate. But people don't want to hear this, but it's the truth. Remember, reality existed long before religions existed. We've been on this journey long before these religions existed. True. True. And so, I mean, people forget. You know, there's been 2,000 religions, more than 2,000 religions in the history of humanity. Uh, it makes sense, yes. Because so everybody, everybody sees it. Which, which, one's, which one's accurate? Just because one becomes popular, people forget that the worship of Athena was the big deal for a thousand years. Yeah. The point is reality is, it doesn't care what you believe. It is. And it's up to us to become explorers of that reality. And the best way to do it is to drop all of the, um, let's just say, contamination of the mind that's been provided by men and to look at reality in a more objective way. Learn what reality is yourself. Don't be influenced by those around you. 
that are the result of belief. One of the first things I learned in my out-of-body experiences the first month was that every belief I had was either flawed or false. Every single one, including the belief that I'm a human being. Uh, well, that, you know, that, that's you kind of... Ex- body, when you leave your body and maintain your state of consciousness, your, your humanoid form begins to dissolve. And you eventually become a point of consciousness. The Buddhas, the, uh, the Buddhists have been talking about this forever. You become a point of consciousness. You don't have a humanoid form. Pure consciousness doesn't need arms and legs. It can create anything it needs. Well, heck, I'm going to quit. This- I'm going to quit the gym tomorrow, William. <laughs> <laughs> But, well, William, uh, we are out of time. One more time with your contact information, just to make sure that the listeners get this. Sure. Astralinfo.org, free information. Whatever you need to know, you can get from the website for free. Uh, there's, I'm not trying to sell books or something ridiculous. I'm just not. That's not my thing. You can go to the website and obtain enough knowledge that you need to to have to have your own experience, learn the tech, learn a technique that resonates with you, and then practice it for 30 days, every day. Take 20 minutes a day and practice the technique. It's like a meditation with intention. Hey, and then that's, just that's I, it, it. Couldn't be easier. It's just like meditation, except you have an, a focused intention here. Well, William, thank you. Thank you so much for being, I mean, this has been a deep, deep topic, and I really don't feel like we've really done it justice, but thank you for coming on and sharing it with us. My, my pleasure. Thank you, William. Uh, awesome. Well, well, thank you. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.